0: Uh, If this the Lund Loop, if so, um, we wish to cancel, Um, we do not wish to belong to that or to pay this anymore. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to the Lund Loop Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the intersection of markets, trading, and life. And in a few minutes, I'm going to talk about signal, how to find signal or different types of signal in the market. But I just wanted to recap first my birthday week. Everyone knows that last week was my birthday. It was actually a week ago today. So it was the 23rd of September. So you can mark that in your calendar for next year. And I don't really like to do anything big for my birthday. I'm not a big birthday guy, but my wife suggested that we go out and have a family dinner, go out to Korean barbecue. It's one of all of our favorites. Obviously, we couldn't do it on Friday. Friday is a tough day to do it. I was doing the Lund Loop. She didn't get home from work till late. So we decided that we would do it on Saturday. But you ever have one of those situations where you have an event that you're going to go to later in the day, and you and your wife or your spouse get dangerously close to fighting Over the course of the day, leading up to that event, and you know that if you do, that that event is going to be horrible. That's kind of what our Saturday was like. Saturday morning, my wife and I, we have a ritual. We get up early and we go hiking. We have the kids go with us every other week. We give them a week off. And then we go get breakfast, and then we go do shopping. We go to the supermarket. Then we get back home. So we went and did our normal ritual on Saturday. Got done with the supermarket. We're driving home and my wife says, oh, you know what? We have to stop at Smart and Final. And inside me, I'm just like, ugh. I'm like, why? Turns out that one of my wife's staff at work is having a baby. And she wants to give her a little, you know, baby shower thing before she goes on maternity leave. And it's totally in line with my wife, she's a, a good boss, she's always doing little luncheons and little events for her staff. And that's part of why I like her, because she's a, a, a kind person. But I'm also really anxious to get home, because Saturday mornings are like my favorite. We get our stuff done, I get home, it's quiet, I've got time to catch up on what I missed during the week, which is usually reading. I can read for a few hours, so I can do a project. It is my birthday week, so I'm like, eh, but I'm not a dick. So I'm like, okay, let's go to Smart and Final. I've got my AirPods. I'll just put those on, listen to a podcast, follow you around as you get whatever you need. We get there, and immediately she's tapping me. Can you help me? I'm like, what? I want to get some charcuterie for the party. And I'm like, honey, they're not going to want charcuterie. Just get some cold No, I really want to. I know you like charcuterie. Help me pick some stuff out. I said, we're at smart and final. There's not going to be any good charcuterie here. All right, whatever. So I find uh, like one of those salami, you know, those pre-cut salami selections, you know, the pepper salami, the Genoa salami, whatever. I, I go, here, how about this? Okay. Uh, I want to get him some cheese. I think is it like a cheese platter. Okay. So I grab some, you know, double pepper Colby Jack thing here. Well, will they like this? Is this good? I'm like, I don't know. Well, I mean, would you eat this cheese? I'm like, it's not my favorite, but well, let's get something better. So I find something better. This goes on and on with everything. I want to get them some olives. Okay, cool. Here's a Mediterranean olive pack. They're Kalamata olives. You know, well, do you like these? I'm like, they're not my favorite, but you're, they'll be fine for your staff. Well, let's get something better. This goes on and on. And I'm just, I just want to pull my fingernails out because all I want to do is get out of Smart and Final and just get to the house and my time on my birthday week. She wants to get popcorn. So we go get popcorn. Then, oh, you know what? She's having a boy. Let's get some streamers. I get let's See if they have any blue and white streamers. Finally, we get out of there. We avoid the argument, which is great. Uh, I had a a massage booked that afternoon before we went to the Korean barbecue. I thought I would treat myself. I haven't had a massage in a long time. I used to be, I guess what you would call a massage whore. I used to get a massage every two weeks. I just loved it. And the best part is that I found a a masseuse that was really good and, and Figured out exactly how I like my massages. I, get, I don't have a lot of fat on me, and so if someone doesn't, if they use the wrong pressure or they're using the wrong techniques or they're pushing the wrong areas, it really becomes the opposite of pleasurable. It becomes a uncomfortable experience that you're paying for. So I found this masseuse after a little bit of trial and with uh, trial and error, we got it dialed in. I like to be face down most of the time. I really just want them to work on my shoulders, arms, lower back, uh, maybe a little bit of um, you know the, the back, of your thighs, and maybe a scalp massage, that's it. So got her dialed in, it Was it was a pleasure to go to her. Then she moved away. And then there was COVID. So I hadn't had a massage for a long time. The last massage that I had, which I did like a month and a half ago, I thought, okay, I'm going to go to, I'm going to try again. I didn't know where to go. I found a place, one of those chain places, uh, Massage Envy. I walked in. I said, hey, can I can I book a massage or can I actually, can I get a massage? He said, yeah, we only have one masseuse, Susan. She's really good. Great. She comes out and it's very obvious that Susan is blind. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, I just hit the massage jackpot. Because from everything that I have seen on TV, if somebody loses a sense or they don't have a sense, their other senses overcompensate. And so, you know, you lose your hearing, you can see better, you know, you lose your sense of touch, you can smell better. So I figured, you know, she's blind. So probably her sense of touch is just amazing. Like she's intuitively tuned in to pressure and feel. And this is going to be the greatest massage of my life. So we get all set up. I tell her exactly what I want and pressures and everything. It is the worst massage I've ever had. The most painful massage. And I don't, what am I going to say to her? She's blind. What am I going to criticize her massage. So she's like, how's that? I'm like, yeah, great. So that was like a month and a half ago. About a month ago, I found another place This masseuse turned out to be great. So I was booked again for Saturday afternoon. I was looking forward to that. Went to that massage. It was fantastic. Got to the dinner. Korean barbecue. We love Korean barbecue. Having a great time. The the grill sizzling. You know, like when you go to Korean barbecue, it takes about five minutes, 10 minutes for the grill to really get to that nice spot sizzling. We got all these pork bellies and briskets and side orders. I, I ordered a big Sapporo. Having a great time. I've mentioned that my daughter and I go to see movies in the movie theater every now and then. And I Basically, I, I watch the schedule to see what's coming from this movie theater. And then if there's something cool, I say, my daughter, you want to go see it? And we go see it. And we saw Shawshank Redemption recently. We saw Grease. My wife's not involved in that process. She doesn't care about that process. But all of a sudden, she brings it up out of the blue. She's like, so what movies have you two seen? And I'm like, "Uh, you know, Shawshank, Grease. Aliens well, what movies are your favorite what would you what would you like to see there? I said well, it doesn't really matter what I'd like to see there because they have their own schedule yeah but what are you, what are your favorite movies and I'm like my wife doesn't give a shit what my favorite movies are and again I'm trying to get into my birthday day i'm I'm you know I'm focusing on the food i, I I don't want to have this conversation. I'm trying to give all the verbal and nonverbal cues about moving on. It's like, well, what are your top 10 movies? And so I throw a couple of movies. Ah, this one, I don't know. Worried again that we're going to get in a fight. I'm going to ruin my birthday event. But I didn't, we didn't get in a fight. It was a great day. It was a great night. It was a great celebration of my birthday. And I was super happy to do it. It's, It's the only thing I want to do is be with my family and have a good time. Next morning, we do our Sunday routine, which Sunday is a little bit different from Saturday. Sunday, we get up and we go hiking. Then we get breakfast. Then we go to Costco with the rest of the world. So we do that, go to Costco, come back to the house. It's like 1030. Here's the thing about life. Life will humble you if you are too cocky. Life will humble you if you are too arrogant. Life will humble you if you tempt the gods. And last weekend on the Lum Loop podcast, I talked about being surprised. I'd only been surprised three times in my life because I'm such a wily intuitive person. And the gods of irony, they listened to that podcast. Because I walked into the house at 10.30 in the morning And the first thing I smelled was popcorn. And all I could think was, who the hell is making popcorn at 1030 in the morning? And before I could yell out, who the hell is making popcorn at 1030 in the morning? My kids jumped out. Surprise! I walked into the living room and they had converted our living room into a theater. All of the sofas and chairs were in a semicircle. On our coffee table in the living room was a spread of charcuterie, a cheese board, olives, and, I know you're saying it right now, popcorn. (laughs) And right there on the TV, queued up, ready to watch, is one of the movies I had mentioned the night before to my wife. It was one of my favorites, which is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So my wife and my kids... Totally surprised me. Like, I had no idea this was coming. They wanted to do a family movie day. I had to laugh because I picked out my own charcuterie. (laughs) I picked out my own cheese, my own olives and popcorn. I selected my own movie without knowing it. Bitterly, by the way. You know, like, ah, I got to pick out this charcuterie and this cheese for some stupid gal that's having a kid. So, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was the movie. I was... Really looking forward to it because I hadn't seen it for a long time. And I really wanted to see what my kids thought about it. Ferris Bueller's Day Off came out in 1986. I graduated high school in 1985. It's literally a time capsule from my you know junior, senior year of high school. So we watched it. I always want to see, like, are they going to laugh in the right places? Are they going to understand the references? I would say 90% they did. They really enjoyed it. My wife enjoyed watching it again. But I have to say, I have a couple of takeaways. You know, having not seen it for a long time and reviewing it now, it's more of an adult. Uh, First takeaway is I was just stunned at how archaic their computers were. I mean, I grew up in that time. And looking back at these big hulking things that were on the desk and the the interfaces and the graphics, I was like, Jesus Christ. I I can't believe that that was ever a thing. The second thing was... It was amazing to see all these people in all these situations with no cell phones. It really was weird. And not only that, but every phone that they did have was a big hunking, you know, you know the type of phone I'm talking about. In fact, there's a couple scenes where they're playing this phone game and it's a multi-line phone that's got those little square acrylic buttons at the bottom. And somebody puts a person on hold and then has to go back over to it and it's blinking and they, they zoom in on it. My kids had no context. They didn't know what that was. They're like, I don't, what's that? There of those big things and why are they blinking? So that was funny. I also noticed that uh, a little bit dark at some point. I mean, Cameron was pretty fucked up. I'm pretty sure that his father would be considered emotionally abusive, definitely. Um, there was one little part between Sloan and Cameron when, when, when Ferris bails on them before he does the parade thing, when they're walking and they're talking, seems a little, maybe a little sexual tension there. Like maybe if Ferris wasn't in the the mix that uh, Sloan and, uh, and Cameron would have hooked up. Uh, but my overriding takeaway on the movie was this. It holds up 100%. But Ferris Bueller? Kind of a dick. uh uh-uh. Is this the one loop? I want to talk a little bit about signal. Now what is signal? Well, I found a very analytical definition. A trade signal is an informational tool that provides a trader a clue that they should make a buy or sell order. Various forms of trade signals exist. Thank you, Mr. Pedantic. For me, signal is any information that says, hey, pay attention over here. This is something you should look at. It could be, hey, maybe there's a buy over here. Maybe there's a short over here. It could be, hey, pay attention to that position you have in XYZ. It might be time to pare it down. It might be time to trim it. It might be time to get larger in that position. The first time I ever remember getting signal, it sounds kind of dirty, doesn't it, right? I got signal. First time I ever remember getting signal was I'd been trading for a few years. And I shouldn't even say trading. I I had started trading. I'd been active in the market. And I was reading every book I could about the stock market. There weren't a lot of technical analysis books, or at least I didn't know there were a lot of technical analysis books because there was no internet. So even though they existed like I think Edwards and McGee was 47, but I didn't know it was out there. So I had to go with what was at my local bookstore and there was a book in there that uh, oh actually no now I think about this. It wasn't at a, a bookstore, it was at the library. I actually went to the library and I found this book that was entitled I think it was Open Air Analysis of Stocks, which I thought was really interesting. And you got to remember, this was back in the 80s before the boom and in, um, you know, fang-type stocks, uh, digital stocks, uh, SaaS stocks, uh, enterprise stocks. Most stocks back then were related to things in the real world, physical things. So this book was about what sort of signals can you find as you walk through your daily life? Very basic compared to how we... things now but it was like hey you go to the supermarket and you notice that everybody's buying xyz maybe you should go look if and see if you know xyz is made by a public company hey you went to disneyland and the line was out the door maybe you should buy disney stock stuff like that and so at the time i had found this drink uh it was a sparkling water that was flavored like fruit flavored, but different than any sparkling water I'd ever had before. Every sparkling water at that time, when they had a fruit essence, it just tasted horrible. But there was this uh, drink called Clearly Canadian, and it was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. It was, uh, they had like peach or raspberry. And so you're drinking this clear water, but it had this really fragrant fruit taste. And I don't know why, but I just thought, hey, is this is this company publicly traded? So clearly Canadian wasn't, but I looked on the back of the bottle and it was brewed by, I think it was called International Beverage Consortium or something. Turns out it was a Canadian company that in fact was listed on the TSX. So I went to my broker and I said, buy me $500 worth of this stock. And of course I told everybody that I love clearly Canadian and not because I told everyone I loved it, but clearly Canadians started taking off, started blowing up. And I think I 10 xed my investment. So I went from 500 bucks to $5,000, which back then I was 21. It seemed like it was all the money in the world. It seemed like it was super easy. That was the first time I found Signal, just by paying attention to what I was doing. Now, as I've been doing this for years and years and years, I find Signal in different places. For example, and I just talked about this in Discord the other day, I have a list in TradingView called crap stocks. They're all the stocks that have been beaten to shit over the last nine months. But sometimes I can find signal in there. For example, I'll see a down day. I'll look at that list. I think there's like 40, 50 stocks in there. They're all red. The market starts to kind of find a a level, and I start seeing green stocks popping in there, you know, two, three, four, five stocks, market comes up a little bit more. Now, all of a sudden, 25% of my crap stocks are green. Surprisingly, that has been a signal for me to go, okay, maybe there's a turn here in the market. Maybe there is a broader, you know, lift that I can't see. It's telling me to pay attention to some of these stocks intraday, maybe get involved. Another signal that, that I know we all have is those schlep rock traders or investors, the people that for some reason are always at the exact wrong time. They always want to buy right at the top of the bubble. They always want to sell at the bottom of the bubble I ha- or bottom of the, uh, the crash. I have a brother-in-law who is exactly like that. He's not interested in the market at all until we're at the top of a mania. And then he wants to buy. Conversely, I know that when my friends who don't pay attention to the market start calling me and saying, should I sell my 401k holdings? I go, hmm, all right. That's signal. right? That means start looking. Are we at a turning point at the bottom? There's lots of different ways you can find signal. You can find signal on Twitter, depending on who you follow and how you curate stuff. I can feel fear. On Twitter. I can feel it. I haven't felt a lot of it this year. But there have been times when I've been like, okay. And I've even felt it to like the 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 minute. Um, you can find it on stock StockTwits. Um, sometimes you can find it on, uh, you know, the, the joke about CNBC, right? When they w- markets in crisis. Um, there's a new platform that I'm checking out. Somebody introduced me to. It's a platform... That is designed. It's kind of like a stock Twits, but it's designed for um, up-and-coming hedge fund managers, uh, people that are younger uh, that think they know, you know, what they're doing. Got a little bit of a track record, but they're not in the Ken Griffith stage, and so they're putting their ideas out there on a daily basis and they're interacting with people. Uh, it's it's invite-only right now, so I, I can't um, invite Lynn Loop subscribers there, but they're doing it to figure out signal. Can we, you know, are we seeing the same themes pop up? Are we seeing the same names pop up? Are we are there some macro ideas that make sense that we should pay attention to? I think that you should follow signal wherever you find it if you think it's valid with one caveat and you know what I'm going to say. If you're a Lund Loop subscriber for any amount of time, you know exactly what I'm going to say. The signal has to line up with the technicals. So the way I look at it is, it's like it's like the marketing funnel. At the top of that funnel, we're dumping signal in, right, from all different sources, and we're constantly refining it. You know, it's like water coming through the rocks, and there it's purifying as it goes down. Uh, you know. Through the aquifer, we're dumping lots of signal in. We're refining it using our criteria. That can be your indicators. It can be your studies. Uh, it can be just price and volume. Uh, and then we're putting on uh, trades based upon risk parameters that we can define. And uh, we know how much we can lose, and we're okay with that. So don't be afraid to 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 find and explore. Different and maybe even non-traditional sources, even um, narrative sources, subjective sources. Um, dump those all into your idea funnel, but make sure you run them through technical analysis. Make sure you're running them through uh, your criteria. Make sure you're you're always looking for um, looking at them from a risk parameter first. Uh, but I've had some of my best ideas, my my biggest payoffs came from just random signal that if I hadn't been paying attention to, I would have totally missed. Um, I would like to repeat that, want to be canceled from the Lund loop, whatever you've got me on. Um, If you wish to call and explain what it is. Uh, Actually, uh, forget that well that's it for this episode if you got any questions hit me up at Brian V R I A N at dot and I'll see you next time bye